Hi everybody, today we have a conversation with Michael Barbino. Michael is the new broker liaison for the Tampa market for Preferred Shore, and we are so excited to have him join us. He's got an unbelievable depth of experience in the industry. And in this conversation, we talk about some of those past experiences, as well as some tips for newer agents and seasoned agents as it relates to his past coaching career. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Michael Barbino. Welcome to the Preferred Shore Podcast. Here's your host, Robert Milligan. So Michael, thank you so much for joining me today on our podcast. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Well, we are so delighted to announce you as the broker liaison for our company for the Tampa area. And just obviously so thrilled to be working with you and, and have you on board, my man. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely my pleasure. I'm super excited to uh, join Preferred Shore. Great. Well, um, let's just start with your background, you know, a little bit personally, professionally. Where, where, are, you, where are you from? Where? <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in case the, uh, the voice or the hand hasn't given away, I'm uh, from New York, Long Island, born and raised. Um, and actually, that's where I got my first real estate license. I believe it was 1990. Hmm. When I was a kid, uh, going to school and in the restaurant business, started okay. started at an early age in uh, in restaurants and carried that for about thirty years in wow. restaurants. Actually, owning one in New York and down here in Florida okay. as well. Wow! Um, so, hospitality was definitely something. Mm-hmm. People, which led to real estate, which led to homes, which led to realtors and brokers and buyers and sellers and investors. Mm-hmm. So you know how to deal with people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think the old age and wisdom has given me some patience, which I never had when I was younger and definitely a little maybe more arrogant. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. The we all get tempered a little over time, you know. <laughs> yes, I definitely, definitely have. And it might have been the handful of kids that have... Uh, have blessed my world that might have added to some of that as well. Yeah, for sure. And um, so what, what genre of restaurants, were they all the same or different concepts? Or? <sighs> when they started at you know, family owned, uh, Italian mm-hmm. was, was the majority of them that I worked. And then what I owned was a continental, um, fresh pastas, veal, chicken, whole fish, mm-hmm. uh, a little Mediterranean type theme. Nice. To it. That's mm-hmm. what I know and like. Yeah. It's hard work. <laughs> it's and I, I think real estate and hospitality have the same thing that if you love it, it it's not really that hard mm-hmm. and if you don't it's extremely hard yeah yeah that's well put yeah so you mentioned you have children tell us about <laughs> about that yes the uh better known as the barbino tribe or barbino <laughs> gaggle uh there is a, a total of seven wow ranging from soon to be 24 all the way down to sebastiano who is 14 months yeah, well, congratulations on him and, and all of them, and that's that's wonderful. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so um, like you know that that's got to be a pretty busy situation at times. How is there a, a strategy for? <laughs> <sighs> yes, there is definitely a there is definitely a playbook that um, that my wife has written, mm-hmm. um, and I sometimes follow the rules <laughs> with that. And I know when I don't follow the rules, I get in trouble, and she tells me that because um, we also homeschool. Mm-hmm. And prior to 2020, we, we were, I think we we're in our fifth or so year of homeschooling. That's amazing. Uh, I am the principal, <laughs> and my wife is the, uh, is the uh, instructor. Who's the guidance uh, counselor? Yeah. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> it's you. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for joining our, uh, our homeschool co-op. 
Um, yeah, at first my wife said we're going to homeschool. I thought there was something wrong with all our kids and said, hey, why are we doing this? Hmm. I'm a public school kid. Did I turn out wrong? So I didn't really understand the concept. Now, Mm -hmm. years into it, um, it was either preparation for the world or just, you know, being able to control the education um, Mm -hmm. of our of our children. So yeah, that's really commendable. Yeah. It's working so far so good. They're, they're all doing (laughs) great. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. They are doing very, very well. Um, my, uh, wife does not have a teaching degree. Mm -hmm. So was definitely nervous being Mm -hmm. able to be enough for them. Um, and the, uh, the kids are all doing very well. So fantastic. When she says to do something, even if I don't want to, I'm going to end up doing it. Yeah right or wrong because yeah. she knows better so yeah i actually um which a lot of people don't may not know about me i, I homeschooled for high school um primarily because we moved to the area from out of state and whenever we had come back um the florida school system at the time at least the school i would have been going into just wasn't as as, as advanced in a lot of ways as we were moving back to florida from being out west so I homeschooled for high school and okay. finished up early, and uh, then I, I did essentially homeschool college too. There was online college as a as a choice, and okay. did that while I started selling real estate. So uh, so I'm a giant fan of homeschooling. It worked great for me, and um, glad glad to hear that. That's a big endeavor. <laughs> yeah, I just keep telling everybody. I said Tim Tebow. If you don't think homeschooling works, look yeah. at Tim Tebow. There you go. Yeah, that's a so. great great <laughs> great point. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so tell us more about your background in real estate. You said you got started in the early nineties in New York. Or? Yeah. Early nineties mm-hmm. in New York, you know, uh, MLS kind of in a book, uh, open houses, ads in a newspaper, if they print those things anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, had a local brokerage that was family owned that, um, actually one of, one of my friends, um, was involved with, and one of my school teachers became a, and still to this day, um, mm-hmm. is with them. That was his retirement plan, but he ended up becoming like top 1% of New York State. Wow. So I got in, but I didn't really do much with it because I was busy going to school and um, working in restaurants. Okay. It wasn't until, wasn't until we moved and relocated down to the Tampa Bay area that I got into real estate. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to Come to real, come down here and get into real estate around 2006, okay. 2007. Which was a great time until suddenly it wasn't. Absolutely. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is, mm-hmm. this is easy. You just breathe and everybody breathes and everybody gets a home. Yeah. It's kind of like Oprah. You get yeah. a home and you get a home and you get a home. <laughs> so, and then I became the short sale king. Okay. So worked with a title company and mitigated short sales at mm. a high level. Mm-hmm. for a few years. And yeah, and I don't want to gloss over that because there's a lot of, you know... <laughs> I was attempting to, sorry. Yeah, I mean, there, there's <laughs> a lot of, of wisdom there and, and all, you know, one, to be able to pivot and make the most out of whatever market conditions are that are going on. Um, so, you know, credit to you for, for not just burying your head in the sand and figuring out another way to add value in the market, but also the, the work that that required. That was such a hard job at that time, you know? It, it, it was, and it's so different that short sales took such a long time at that time. I mean, the longest one I had was, I think, three and a half years mm-hmm. um, because the home prices were still going down. Mm-hmm. So as the banks and asset managers took time to process 
the umpteen amount of files that they had, they would agree that they would accept the short sale at that price, yet the home was no longer worth that price because it's now nine months later. Yeah. Where some people are used to the other way when they were purchasing mm-hmm. and the market was going up and right. banks were taking their time mm-hmm. and they say, oh, well, now the home is worth 10% more. We don't need 280, we need 300, or we don't need mm-hmm. 300, we need 350. So I had the other end yeah. of it, which was... Um, that was uh, was interesting. Yeah, that's uh, one way of putting it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> frustrating. Yes. Another uh, way to put it, maybe. <laughs> possibly, <laughs> possibly. Yes. Yeah, but what a way to learn the business, though. I mean, that that was you know, realtoring at the at the highest level in terms of dealing with customers and emotions and disappointments, and then of course the paperwork too. <sighs> I mean, you know, it, a, a normal sale is not easy, but it, you know, if everything is is going according to plan. It's not terribly difficult either, you know. With with a short sale um, at that time, especially before there was systems to process things more effectively, I mean, a, even a, a good short sale where everything went according to plan was just unbelievably difficult. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, absolutely. I mean, the, the the paperwork was just obnoxious. The loss of paperwork mm-hmm. was the most. <laughs> interesting mm-hmm. slash fantastic slash annoying part <laughs> of it because simple letters of authorization to just to be able to speak to somebody were always lost. Yeah. Even if I spoke to you for a year and I call next week, it's like, we don't have, you don't have a letter of authorization. Look at the file. I've been talking to you for 52 weeks. How mm-hmm. is that possible? Yeah. It didn't, it didn't matter. Right. <laughs> Crazy. Go, go get another one and wait 30 days to yeah. even call back. Yeah. Well, luckily we survived all that and, yes. uh, and then emerged with a more normal market. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. always a moving target, but whatever normal is, it wasn't short sales. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, and now we're, we're, so I w- went through that. Um, and I, I've done the, the gamut of real estate as, um, a, you know, single agent, Mm-hmm. S- you know, small team, small group, mega, mega team, expansion, broker, um, successful, unsuccessful, failed, mm-hmm. failed forward, failed backwards. Um, I think I've probably like you, mm-hmm. I think I've checked off all the boxes on how to do it, how not to do it, how not to do it again, mm-hmm. did that wrong, learned a thing or two mm-hmm. um, in that. And then through all of that ended my last several years as putting all that experience into real estate coaching and coaching other agents throughout, uh, throughout the country. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And um, it's unusual to find somebody with the depth of experience that you have it at different levels. Like you said, I mean, being a successful individual agent is so much different than perhaps being a small team leader or a mega team. I mean, what was the largest team that, that you were on in terms of the number of people, um, that about 30, 30 agent team or. Yeah, yeah. about 30, 35. Yeah. I mean, that's um, a, that's a whole different level of management and strategy and. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of that, um, was a different level, you know, mm-hmm. um, very, very different than, um, a lot. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, it was an interesting experience to say the least. I mean, it was definitely a lot of moving parts and mm-hmm. um, keeping it all together and all the personalities and still keeping clients, you know, raving fans. It was, mm-hmm. it was a challenge. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that term, raving fans. Yes. That's the goal. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I mean, in, in today's society is no longer, you know, about doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when I was a kid, we used to order something on the back of a magazine. It came from another country in like three months. Yeah. Now, if Amazon's not dropping it on my doorstep in 30 minutes, I'm a little... Yeah. A little, a little upset. <laughs> yeah. So the raving fan piece, I think, carries right over into mm-hmm. real estate. It's not just getting a deal closed or getting mm-hmm. the investment bought or getting a tenant placed or, you know, getting a commercial property. It's, okay, how did we, you know, go above and beyond or to coin your term of world-class, you know, mm-hmm. how did we make this a world-class experience? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, with the different and diverse experiences you've had in the industry, is there a particular segment of it that you, I mean, is it, and I guess I'm messing up the question here, but is there a particular segment that you think is best or, you know, in terms of just efficiency or is it just based on a person's personality? You know, I'm just curious if you think it's better to be a single agent or better to be a team leader. Um, Gotcha. You know, I'm just curious. Yeah. So... In my opinion, which I definitely do have mm-hmm. some of those, um, I think there's a personality piece, but I also think there's a a time in your life piece. I've been through all of the, a lot of these positions, and I, I don't want to say that one is better than the other. Mm-hmm. Yet at certain times, certain pieces are are better than um, than the rest. So being a team leader versus being a single agent, being a coach for several years, and then you mm-hmm. know joining a world class firm and you know, looking to to grow it. Um, They're totally different positions. Um, Same personality I am. I think Mm -hmm. it's just different, different times, different goals, different fulfillments that we look for. And I think that's one of the the keys to life is figuring out what that means. Yeah. You know, um, Mm -hmm. that's a a better answer than I would have expected. Oh, excellent. (laughs) I get brownie points for that one. Yes. That, that was that. <laughs> very, very well said and, and very true that, you know, we're all set, you know, we're at just always at different times and positions in our life where different things are, you know, sometimes more appealing than others. And uh, um, I was just curious because I know that and the reason I asked is that there is a bit of a pendulum sh- um, swinging in, in the industry right now towards teams. Teams have become kind of popular, kind of trendy. There's definitely some pros to that. There's there is also cons, but. You know, just uh, just curious. <laughs> and, and my opinion on it, because, I mean, I w- went to a mega team to steal all their ideas, you know, learn how they did it. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, <laughs> years later, mm-hmm. there's Barbino. He's still there. Yeah. Um, not anything that I really thought going into it. So I think that's where my experience says, okay, hey, you know, why? You know, mm-hmm. so to generalize a team is good or bad, just like a brokerage is good or bad. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I don't agree with that. Right. Um, because there's teams that aren't run the right way or they're not really teams or people join them with the wrong expectation right. as to what it is um, and why. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a, through the last several years of get, diving deep with coaching, uh, I've definitely picked up some things that I probably, with my high D personality, might have just barreled over mm-hmm. and not really paid attention. And now that I've slowed and listened mm-hmm. more, I've, I've, I've started to realize a lot of that and realizing that in the beginning just helps both parties, whether it's a team leader mm-hmm. or the agent or the brokerage, mm-hmm. you know, it, to be in real estate or be out of real estate is really getting the why. Normally real estate isn't 
we didn't draw the picture in third grade that says I want to be a realtor unless it's yeah. you know one, one of your kids. Right, right. It's we've done something else and we get in as a as a second career. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we have all the information until we're already fingerprinted, licensed, and joining the board. Going, oh, I don't know if I want to do this yet. Mm-hmm. I just spent all this time and money, mm-hmm. so I probably should at least give it a my That's famous. A- T word, mm-hmm. give it a give it a try, mm-hmm. and that's just not mm-hmm. that's not the way to not even success, just not the way of being happy. Yeah, no, that's very very good point. And so, you know, as it relates to your coaching, I'm really interested to learn more about this because that's a whole different discipline. I'm sure it can be very fulfilling when people are being productive and and you know really growing as a result of the coaching i'm sure it could also be frustrating whenever you're you're trying to drag somebody across the yes. finish line um yes. <laughs> but i mean you know with all the experience you've had helping realtors i know we'll have a good segment of the audience you know listening or watching this conversation okay. um that would just be curious at your from your vantage point having been exposed to so many realtors you know what are some attributes of agents who don't succeed versus agents that do succeed and <sighs> You know, if we could maybe just dive into that a little bit. Sure. Um, in my opinion, um, consistency is the biggest, is, is definitely the biggest thing. Um, this business is, is shiny penny syndrome, where we're going to mm-hmm. go from here to here, and we give everything just a hot, a hot second. Um, I've had plenty of clients that door knock, I have plenty of clients that do open houses. Um, I mean, we're sitting here in the studio with a ton of technology, mm-hmm. yet those things don't really have a lot of technology in them other than the fact of being consistent. Are we going to door knock 50 doors today and another 50 doors in five years, or are we going to knock 10 doors every day for the next five mm-hmm. years? So I think that's the, is not having a goal, but having a commitment mm-hmm. and in not in the outcome, but in the activity. So what are we going to commit to, whether it's an atomic habit or it's a, a 12-week year activity, what are we going to do? And we're a 90-day business, as they say. So are we going to get to 90 days and then turn around and say, oh, this is, you know, if we're a farmer, mm-hmm. we're going to throw some seeds. We can't go tomorrow and say, mm-hmm. hey, there was some beautiful Florida sun and we got a little bit of water on it. Where's my crop? Mm-hmm. We have to give it the time. So the the biggest thing is sticking to something mm-hmm. and, and giving it that at least three to six months, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. And other, and the, the other piece I think is a schedule Yeah. Okay. is, is having an ideal weekly schedule, but realizing that there are blocks. And now that I have a gazillion kids, it's the Legos, you know, <laughs> this might be the the Lego block that we thought we were going to do a showing or we were going to do a listing appointment or we were going to do this, yet something happened. Do we have another space that, and are we going to move that block there? Mm -hmm. And if we're not committed to the activity, that block goes away. Mm -hmm. And then, and usually that block is some sort of dollar productive activity Mm -hmm. is some sort of lead generation, lead follow-up, talking to a client, having a cup of coffee, doing some sort of action that we said we were going to do, a door knock, Mm -hmm. and do it. Mm -hmm. So I I think those are probably the two biggest things. And then aligning, you know, with like-minded people, you know, whether it's having a coach, having a broker, having, you know, an accountability partner, or having somebody that's going 
in it with you. Yeah. So that, you know, yeah, there's going to be a tough day. I mean, we don't just drive around in BMWs and just collect $10,000 checks. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that's no. what this was all about. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, that's there. I just got my license and fingerprints. Where's my $10,000 check? Yeah. And they can come. Is if, the uh, selling sunset show and, uh, and million dollar listing, is that, is that helping our, our uh, expectations at all? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I know. I don't watch much TV I don't yet. Either. Um, I did. I did uh, listen to Ryan Serhant. Serhant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some interesting things to well, say. Yeah. yeah. You know, I liked a lot of it. You know, like follow up, follow back, and follow through. I don't remember exactly how okay. it was, but he talks about how, you know, the end game was selling a $19 million condo. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yet five years of, of nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think there was an email two years into it mm-hmm. and then it became a $19 million transaction. So yeah. we want to focus on how do we get the $19 million transaction? Well, let's do this follow-up follow back plan for five years mm-hmm. with absolutely no sign of life and be okay with that and be committed to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, does he look super fabulous on TV yeah. and his yeah. penthouse and all <laughs> that good stuff? Yet that was a lot of work sure. to go sure. do to. And, and, and I think if, you told me, hey, you know, follow up with this person for five years and you're going to have a $19 million sale. I think most people would say yes. Yeah. I mean, and I'm that, sure 99% won't. Yeah, that's true. It's a very good point. Well, um, you know, I mean, even our own organization here at Preferred Shore, a lot of people are just now discovering our brand and um, maybe people are saying like, wow, this, they came out of nowhere, you know, just boom. And, you know, and, and to your point, I feel like, um, you know, our, our company collectively, it's the, the greatest uh, 20 year overnight success yes. story. The typical <laughs> overnight success, 20 year story. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, but, but it's, we're lucky. It's fortunate, you know, back to your point about um, committing to certain um, activities over outcomes. That's something that I've preached to our agents quite a bit. Mm. And, and I haven't ever heard you say that. I'm, I'm curious how you would um, maybe handle somebody trying to be the devil's advocate, because it is tough when you're getting started. You don't know if the activities that you're doing are actually leading to anything when you're brand new. How, how do you know that you're not coming off the rails and you're just being busy with no direct purpose or, you know, just curious? So with that, I'm going to go r- real direct. Mm-hmm. Activities work. Like I said, door knocking still works. Absolutely. Open houses huge fan of door still, mm-hmm. still work. All mm-hmm. these things still work. Mm-hmm. So even if we don't know what we're doing, you know, we just got our license and we just door knock. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I could sell your house. Mm-hmm. If you say that to enough people, you'll get somebody that they might feel sorry for you yet. You'll get an opportunity to sell their house. Mm-hmm. You might be able to then work with a buyer that became through your open house that then led to another referral. So the activities, they, any of them work. We sure. don't need anything special. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, I'm going to go straight to it and say, you're not committed to them. Yeah. And I'll say, Robert, you know, are you doing them? Let's see where you're at. Where is it scheduled? Mm-hmm. What possibly can come, you know, going through this, this environment, you know, whether we have schooling or no schooling and what, what might happen in the world that we can't control. Sure. You know, I don't want to get very stoic on it, but mm-hmm. we can't control mm-hmm. the environment. We can just control what we you know perceive about it. So, you know, with that, it's just, 
what do you want to do? And you might, I think the biggest thing is you might think you want a door. It's beautiful outside. We're here in sunny Florida and Sarasota. It's gorgeous. I want yeah. a door knock. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it gets hot. Mm-hmm. Well, you would think, well, yeah, it's going to get hot. We know yeah. that. So that's okay. But what are we going to shift to? What are we going to do instead? Are we going to do this instead? We still have mm-hmm. to do some sort of activity. And when I bring it, an analogy back to when I was in restaurants, I've been in dumpsters. I've cleaned <laughs> fryers. Mm-hmm. I've mopped bathrooms in suits because that's what just needed to be done. Mm-hmm. That's something I went to work to say, oh, I hope I mop a bathroom today. Yeah. Not really. Yet was <laughs> it what I had to do? Yeah. Yet when it was a job, we do it. Yeah. Sometimes we sit here and think that we really have the right or okay to not do certain things because we're the employee and the boss. Mm-hmm. Where when we have a job, we usually have some sort of boss mm-hmm. and we're the employee. So we have to do something no matter whether we like it or not. Yet as real estate agents, we're both. Yes. So if, if we're not checking ourselves then as the boss, then we're not doing the activity. So as, as a new agent, pick something. You know, pick a couple, one or two things, do them really well, do them really consistent. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't, I mean, I've had agents built a business one year of door knocking and then said, I'm not going to door knock anymore because now I have past clients and I have a pipeline. Mm-hmm. I don't want this business yet. It got me to where I needed to do. So know that there is, you can change that business into something sure. else. It doesn't have to be a 20 year mm-hmm. career of door knocking yet. If you have no money and you have a good pair of shoes, mm-hmm. you're in. That's fantastic. And I'm, I'm curious in your past life as a coach, if somebody has a natural proclivity, which is a big $10 word for me, oh, not sure I even know, know what it means, <laughs> but if you have a natural proclivity to move towards uh, phone calls, for example, versus door knocking or, or vice versa, do you encourage people to go to what they move naturally towards or would you encourage them to try to um, get out of their comfort zone and do things they're not comfortable with? I'm curious. I would say the proper answer is depends. Mm-hmm. Yet, it, it, I mean, if you have an ability to do something, why would you need to go? If, you have a, if you're good on the phones, why would you need to go mm-hmm. in, in person? It, you know, are you getting tired? You know, I'm tired mm-hmm. of it. You know, I could walk around with a cup of coffee and a, and a headset on. Obviously, you can hear I like to talk. So, <laughs> and my wife is listening. She'll agree that <laughs> I don't have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the efficiency and proficiency of doing that, I want to do more of that. Mm-hmm. That's me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if somebody didn't have that, wouldn't force them to do something that unless they're just failing at and they need to do something else, mm-hmm. you know, yet I'll really question as to why they're failing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm, I'm just fascinated, not, not only myself, but I think a lot of our, our audience will be enjoy, you know, some of these, these, this wisdom mm. from your past life as a coach. And that's why I'm kind of lingering here a little bit, but then we'll talk more about the future and, you know, what, what's, what we're going to do here going forward. But, um, but, you know, staying with the coaching <laughs> um, topic for a little bit, you know, I'm curious how you would coach a newer agent versus a seasoned agent. Cause um, I'm sure there's a, a different approach to to that, perhaps, or maybe not. Well, yeah, no, I mean, yes. The, the newer agent, really, there's a lot. You know, we're in a time with 
social media and this and, and noise coming from that shiny penny. There's everything everywhere. Um, and the funny thing is it, it probably all works, mm-hmm. but you can't do it all. Like, you know, how many professional ball players play two sports? There's only, you know, a couple mm-hmm. of them that did it well. I mean, you know, even Jordan. They didn't do a great at, job at, uh, at baseball. Like, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't his yeah. thing. Yeah. Probably better than the average person, sure. yeah. but he wasn't a major league yeah. player. Yeah. Um, so I, I think a lot of it with that is, is keeping them, like I say, within the lines. Mm-hmm. Like, stay in your lane and work this lane. More experienced agents, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to get a little bit complacent. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? I have a decent past client. They know I'm in real estate and, you know, I don't know if I'm really going to do it. There's, there's kind of a commitment level. They're kind of just, you know, mm-hmm. coasting, which is fine. I mean, I was, I think, a lot more capitalistic and narcissistic when I was younger. <laughs> um, so I think I had a different mindset than I do now um with that so it's really figuring out why are you in real estate what's the what's the goal and Mm -hmm. more importantly why Mm -hmm. so if you're experienced you've probably been making some sort of money yeah so now it's what does that money mean Mm -hmm. you know and are we trading money for time what's more important to you and really diving into that because otherwise um, as I've learned that we have a financial thermostat. So if you, if I ask you, you know, what your monetary goal is and you, Robert, you say a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars this year. And I say, okay, Robert, what if you make 90 and you say, yeah, I'll be okay on 90. Okay. What about 80? Mm-hmm. Be okay on 80. Oh, okay. 80. What about 70? And you're like, listen, if I make less than 60, I got to go do something else. You're goal is 60. It's not a hundred. Mm. You, you internally told yourself it's 60. Mm. And if you've ever thought about any of your past agents that no matter what they did, they made $60,000 every, cause that's their intern. So mm-hmm. if we, if you came to me and say, listen, if I don't make, if I make less than 120, I, I can't live. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we have a reason for that. But if you say, Hey, I got to make 500,000 mm-hmm. and, and it could be something I want the new Lamborghini that we just saw. Okay. If that means something to you, Mm -hmm. great. Are you going to be committed to those activities to get that Lamborghini? It doesn't have to be because you're going to buy stocks or you're going to reinvest in real estate. The why is your why. It's not my why. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's the big thing with experienced agents is, you know, figuring out why they're doing it, Mm -hmm. what the result means, and then are they looking for an end game. You know, we don't have 401ks here. So right. are they, you know, Hey, I'm good for 10 more years. Well, what does 10 years look like? Mm-hmm. What does that need to look like? Mm-hmm. Do we have passive income? Do we have, you know, something that we're buying and holding? What, what are we doing? We have a book mm-hmm. of business that we're going to pass on to another agent. Mm-hmm. So I think they're different questions mm-hmm. yet the newer agent can't really answer them because they don't know. They just sure. need to kind of get yeah. into it and feel comfortable. Older yeah. agent, you just kind of got to go, why are you doing it? Yeah. So I'm curious if anything comes to mind, if, you know, if you recognize that somebody's minimum standard isn't high enough, are there any, any tools or mental tricks that come to mind to raise their minimum standard? If, you know, if you put them on the spot and it, and they're saying hundred and it's 60, how do you get them to actually be at a hundred? They have to believe it. Yeah. They have to, they have to, there's nothing, you know, the old school and I was part of it, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Robert Hunter, that's not enough. Let's go one fit. And, you know, we're mm-hmm. chest bumping and we're booyahing and back in the day. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, we're getting all this. But if you don't really believe it, mm-hmm. that's just all noise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people would say, you know, if you want a sugar coat, don't talk to Michael Barbino because he's all salt. Because I've learned to cut through mm-hmm. a lot of that and go, it's okay. There's nothing wrong yeah. with making 600 or making 60. Yeah, just say what it is. What it is. And, mm-hmm. and are you committed to it and why? Mm-hmm. You know, when I was younger, I just wanted to be a millionaire. Why? It sounded cool. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I was like, yeah. I remember uh, my parents' friends. like, oh, he's a millionaire. I'm like, he's a millionaire? Yeah. It's like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, that gives you my age. Yeah. Uh, a millionaire, well, I think. <laughs> with, en- with enough inflation, we'll all be millionaires <laughs> yeah. here before. Too. <laughs> or, uh, or with our game stock. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think that is, is really digging down to that, is getting somebody to realize that that 100 isn't really true mm-hmm. and they're really okay with 60. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, then saying, hey, you're doing, you're in the $60,000 lane, but you need a hundred. It's not much more to get in the other. It's not mm-hmm. five hours every day. Right. You know, it's a tiny tweak usually. Yeah. It's 1% better. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in January. How many people have already stopped going to the gym? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I haven't even started yet. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> but the people, you know, when I was, I going to lose weight. What do you kale all week? Yeah. <laughs> Eat kale for a day and it's give me a cheeseburger yeah. or a slice of pizza. Like, yeah. I can't deal with this. Instead of, hey, let me cut out one thing. Let me walk around the block. No, let's go run a marathon. Mm-hmm. You know, we do this super big thing mm-hmm. and then we quit because it's, it's not, we're not setting ourselves up for success yet. If we were to make one more phone call, one more door knock, one more connection mm-hmm. more often, we would be better people, better society. If money's your thing, you'd have more money. Mm-hmm. So it's really the those small things, which when you're starting sometimes in real estate, you, it's not enough. Right, right. So you, I think you got to really highlight that and get somebody to understand it or else they're just going to stick in that mm-hmm. that zone. Yeah, I mean, you, you brought to mind, you know, several things that I've, you know, certainly have recognized as truths in my life. And any time... In terms of like my own goal, I mean, I can only speak from my own experience, but, but when I, in terms of the belief, when I got the vision of something that it, that it was I was trying to do, I mean, it, it's hard to really describe it, but it almost becomes something that's tangible where, yeah, I mean, you almost feel like, you know, once you've got the vision for what it is you're trying to do, it's, it's done. It's just a matter of taking the steps to get there. And, and um, if there were a way that you could, uh, you know, figure out how to, how to raise that level of belief on command, because, I mean, that really, that really is what it all comes down to. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, hence, you know, I'll fast forward to me joining you in preferred shore is mm. because of what you just said. Mm. That's not something that I think somebody's going to bring out in you. You were like, Hey, this is my vision. This is what I'm going to do. I've already have it, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's reading, thinking, grow rich or knowing something of, you know, believing it and having a definitive mm-hmm. purpose, you know, there's now you, like you said, you got to just, I was maybe one of the steps. Maybe it wasn't when you first started, but it's like, oh, hey, I needed that step, or I didn't know I needed that step, because mm-hmm. that's going to get me to where a lot of people just don't, their issue is between their ears. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm not a 
psychologist, therapist, or whatever, even though I think I play one on TV. As an entrepreneur, Sometimes you have to. Yeah, as a coach, you have to. Yet, you know, I don't know if a lot of the things I, I've learned to, like I said, said it before, listen more, speak less. Mm -hmm. um, because I could tell you, you know, you're the greatest person ever, but if you don't believe it, it's going to take me years for me telling you and sometimes you just may never right. believe it but it's really getting people to self mm -hmm. discover that oh, okay maybe some of the things he said is true maybe sure. if i do the schedule maybe if i commit to the activities and then they start to believe it that's where that mm -hmm. that piece comes in so i i think we're running with like-minded people like Mm -hmm. we, we ran in the same mastermind together. Yeah, know? that's right. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, being in a room with, with others that have the same type of beliefs, it doesn't have to be financially, it doesn't have to sure. be entrepreneurially, but just have that, not kumbaya, everything is great, but knowing that, hey, if, if we're going to go sell Lamborghinis tomorrow, we're going to mm -hmm. be preferred sure Lamborghini, we're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. How? I'm not mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Yet there's nothing going to stop us from right. doing so. Right. And that's, that's just something that over the years, and I think failure helps with that. We've, Absolutely. Yeah. We've taken the step and the step wasn't there. Right. And we fell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fear, fear <laughs> setting is an important process uh, or part of the process, I should say, which, you know, a lot of people, if they have nothing to lose, they may not have been in a place to to do some proper fear setting, but that's, you know, that's been important for me. You, you'd be surprised how many people struggle with being afraid of, of success and not knowing how to deal with, you know, the many issues that come with being successful as well. And, you know, on both sides of the coin, you know, it, it's just useful to pause sometimes and say, you know, really, what is the worst that could happen? You know, so I try this and I fail. You know, then what? You know, will will you die? You know, no. <laughs> you know, you know, did you, know. you die? No, <laughs> you, you did not. So, so yeah, it's just interesting to think about these things, and they're all universal um, lessons for just entrepreneurship mm -hmm. in general. But um, um, I don't know. I, I like to ponder these things. I'm enjoying this conversation. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> so, so you're you're a um, you you brought a word to my awareness that we've really focused on a lot this year and a lot in our conversations, which is alignment. alignment. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, just tell me what alignment means to you, because I mean, this is this is a, a big one. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Through our conversations and just through our lives, you know, we've been out of, I mean, just like a car, when it's out of alignment, it pulls in the wrong direction yeah. without you then overcompensating it to keep it in the right direction. And there's so much extra work in that, that if you're just in alignment, if you actually then did that extra work, where would you be? So for me, that was a, a big decision when I said, hey, I'm going to, you know, hang up the full-time coaching hat mm -hmm. and look for other opportunities. There's, you know, there was some time. I mean, this wasn't mm -hmm. a, you know, not a 20 year, but it was a, mm -hmm. you know, a long time of, of a thought process. And, you know, it was making sure that we aligned in what we thought, how we, you know, operate, you know, do we agree on everything? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Know. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we don't yet. You know, it's, it, it's important that, the alignment ma makes sense. And it's, it's not something that I think is part of an interview process or why am I taking this job? And mm -hmm. some, somebody said something years ago when you went to 
college and then you went out and got a job, you mm-hmm. know, those days. You took the first job or you got a couple of offers. It wasn't your dream job for most of us. Sure. We took what was given to us. We didn't say, hey, I want this and I'm going to do whatever it takes to go get this job. Mm-hmm. And I know there are overachievers out there, but mm-hmm. for the most, that's, and that's not an alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about teams earlier. There's an alignment issue. It's not the team leader's fault. It's not the, the alignment's not there. And it's not brought up. We're either moving too fast mm-hmm. or we're not really, we're water skiing and not scuba diving and getting to the real thing. Cause we want, especially, you know, this is why we align. We want people to come a preferred shore that align. Right. It's not about having a gazillion agents. It's not mm-hmm. a gym membership. Mm-hmm. You know, it's aligning with what the beliefs are here, what the culture is here. It's one of the things that definitely feeds with alignment is the culture. Yeah. You know, um, I'm a big, big fan. If I'm the, the greatest agent, yet I'm the biggest airhead or, <laughs> you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to be good to this brokerage to any brokerage right because right. i just i just i'm toxic i don't fit in mm-hmm. I, I don't align you right, know so right. that's that is where that just like i think comes around full circle for all of i mean yeah mm-hmm. i've been in restaurants that failed that have lost money i've you know i've mm-hmm. been in deals that didn't work i've went on listing appointments that you know, I stepped on my tongue and it was the worst appointment and didn't get the listing. <laughs> I took a listing and couldn't sell it. Like I've, I've done all of these things and failed and, and failed and failed. Yet if I was in alignment, it's, you know, it's just part of life. You right. Know, it's right. not about doing everything, yeah. you know, a hundred percent right. So, mm-hmm. um, I could go obviously forever on, on alignment. It yeah. Means, well, I mean, and um, no, and it, but it's just, it's a great thing to be aware of. And, um, culturally speaking. And I think that that's what's special about it. As you mentioned that we're not a gym membership and that, you know, we've spoken a lot. I mean, I'm a family man as, as you are. And, um, you know, we want to succeed at a high level. However, that's not the primary uh, objective of life. I mean, you know, it's fantastic when we are succeeding, but there's, there's other qualities and values in life that are important as well. And, um, you know, that, that's, it comes down to the alignment issue. And again, Mm -hmm. what is success? You know, we, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, especially in real estate, Mm -hmm. it's, sales it's volume it's commissions you know like Mm -hmm. yet what about being in the in being a broker for 20 years and still having your faculties that's a success (laughs) (laughs) there you go you know that's so what what do we and as you catch up to my age you know we start to sit there and go okay hey what time is for me is now the currency Mm -hmm. where when people told me i just Thought mm-hmm. you were old. Well, my parents said it was damp. I didn't understand what damp meant. Now I'm that afraid. I'm afraid, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to know. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was damp. I'm like, what is damp? Like, is that a, a thing? Is that like I don't understand? Now, you know, I, I understand. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that that's people will say, oh, you know, you can't pause time. You can't, you know, replace time. And that's goes into my calendaring thing. We don't have time management. There's no yeah, pause. Yeah. Yeah. No fast forward. There's no, mm-hmm. it's choice. Mm-hmm. We say yes to one thing. We say no to something else. We say yes to business. We say no to our family. We say mm-hmm. yes to that phone call. We say no to something else that we're doing. Right. We say yes to, you know, siesta key. And we say no to, you know, doing showings, whatever that mm-hmm. is. It's, it's a choice. And, um, 
yeah, that's my uh, my piece of getting old. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but those experiences, I mean, those, that's what the adversity is really more than anything or what shapes the person that, that you become. And it's always, you know, if, if, if it's thought of as like a metamorphosis, um, it, it's always a change for the better, you know, through those adversities 90% of the time, at least at least if looked at it through the right, you know, through the right framing. I mean, you can, you can I guess, choose to, you know, um, use your adversities to empower you or not. I know there's obviously some tragic exceptions that, you know, aren't, don't apply sure. to this whatsoever. But, um, but generally speaking, the normal life adversities that happen to us financially and things, those, those are, um, if you choose to, ways that you can really choose to better yourself. I mean, I, I feel super grateful for all the money that I lost in the Great Recession. <laughs> I'm like, do I even do I even mention this? No, nope, yeah. there you go. Thank yeah, you. no, yeah. I mean that I have a lot of gratitude for that. But I could, you know, it, but it's a choice. I could have been very bitter and, and res, you know, full of resentment and um, still sitting here licking my wounds. But instead, you know, I just decided that um, I have a lot of gratitude for this life experience, and um, it's certainly made me a better entrepreneur. It um, made me a better person in general. I don't know if I would have even enjoyed being around myself yeah. prior to that you know, humbling experience that mm -hmm. I went through. Um, so, you know, it's all life happens for you, not to you. That's uh, I don't know who's the originator yeah. of that quote. Yes. And, and, and I think we all need to be humbled <laughs> mm -hmm. throughout life. And, and mm -hmm. it's really understanding and accepting that mm -hmm. as that's just the piece, mm -hmm. you know, because without it, where would you be right now? Would you be that same person? Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So luckily, we, we went through the trials we needed to, so we came yes. together at the right yes. time. We yes. didn't hate each other. <laughs> no. So, no, this is fantastic. And, of course, now, you know, you're, you've shifted gears entirely. You're a coach no longer. And, um, I mean, maybe just share what you're inspired by, what uh, maybe, you know, what, what opportunity that it was that you saw with Preferred Shore. Um, just curious yeah, to hear I, in your own words. Yeah, I mean... Bef and, you know, as you can attest to, um, I've actually, I think, shared the opportunity of preferred shore to people I knew mm -hmm. um, when I was, there was never any of this, even in the, even in the beginning stages. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think that's where the, the alignment, you know, comes in. We ran in same circles and masterminds and, you know, we've always had you know, great discussions and, um, we aligned without even, without even knowing. Um, so that got me excited, mm -hmm. um, to know that, Hey, we're steering the ship in the, in the same direction for the most part. We're not tugging or rowing the wrong way. Yeah. So that was exciting then to really dig in deep to see, Hey, what is the mission you know, vision and values of preferred shore, like where mm -hmm. I've learned, you know, even more about you in business and personally with that, which just added to that, that piece. And, um, actually the first couple times when we talked about this, it was like, Oh, doesn't seem like we're in alignment. seems like we're kind of not there. And then we've had some more conversations and then you actually said, Hey, you know what? this might work. What if we do something like, like what we're doing here and the fact of, you know, being able to be in Tampa and grow this, this, this brand, mm -hmm. um, with, you know, a great concept and a great culture, you mm -hmm. know, like, I mean, some, sorry, listeners, you might hear alignment and culture <laughs> a lot yet. 
take it for what it's worth. It's definitely something to, to understand. Yeah. Um, cause financially you can join any, I mean, there's mm-hmm. brokerages are coming through the, through the ground every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Um, so money wise, and then some of them are stock based, so you can make money and stuff. So there's, mm-hmm. there's financial pieces everywhere yet when I'm looking for a different type of, of finance, which is, is time, which is culture, which is doing good business with good people mm-hmm. and having the opportunity to expand this into, you know, Tampa and outside of, you know, Tampa mm-hmm. to other markets that we're, you know, that we're going to go to in the, in the future and feel good about it. You know, yeah, yeah. that was always my thing is, you know, can I put my head on the pillow and say, win or lose, was, did I do the right did I do the right thing? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I am a spiritual person. So, you know, there's definitely a a reason in my mind on how we are aligning together Mm -hmm. and how that works as well. Um, so the fact that I'll be able to bring into a new market, be able to help buyers, sellers, investors, and then bring on other agents and, you know, have these discussions that we're talking about Mm because not everybody has this opportunity to meet with agents and get them on their financial thermostat, make them at least kind of understand what that means, right? you know, right. and have them go through it. Cause then once they get that, that's the, that's where the, you know, it really, the tire hits the pavement and we start to get movement. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting to me to where mm-hmm. you can be back in the real estate game, but then also be back in a, in a leadership position and just, you know, it might not be coaching, but just, you know, mentoring and just having these conversations where, Oh, you failed. Yeah. (laughs) You think, think, Oh, it's Barbino calling. Let me answer the phone. I always want to hear them when I, you know, cut my teeth on Fizbo's and expireds. No, there were a lot of pound sands and why you call me and Mm -hmm. I hate you's and all that other stuff. But, you know, and I get it. Like when you talked about, would somebody go to the phone if you're not that person or you don't like that? Yeah. Don't put yourself through, mm-hmm. through that to me. It, it, it never, it never bothered mm-hmm. me. So, mm-hmm. but the fact of being able to, you know, grow the company cause it, you're doing good things. Um, you have the right in my mind, the right, um, culture and the right goals that, yeah, there's some, you know, we, obviously we have to, pay our bills sure. along the way mm-hmm. yet, you know, maybe we don't need the, the Lamborghinis just yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't ever need a Lamborghini. Yeah, if, 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 only cause we saw one somebody, earlier today. Yeah, if anybody has one, I think it's great, but it's not my, it's just not my thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll take a F one fifty and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that the fact of being able to, you know, really get energized and, you know, feed off of what is already here with people that are ready to, you know, do good business, both in real estate and just with people. Cause this is a people mm-hmm. business for ones that are working with us and then the mm-hmm. people that we're working with. Right. Well, you know, I mean, we do offer something that's very unique and there, you're right. There's a ton of brokerage choices. There's new ones popping up all the time. And um, you, I think the main philosophy is that we're just trying to look at, at offering a, a service and a value to agents through the agent's lens. 
So um, I think we've done a pretty good job of that so far, and it's really exciting to be able to expand on that idea and also expand on the services that we offered. I mean, um, recently we have a, um, a, a, a partnership basically with the preferred um, transaction management service that is going to be able to be a super simple process for agents to avoid doing the things that you know they may not enjoy doing that may kind of take them out of their center um, that will definitely slow them down from just connecting with customers which is you know usually most agents are people you know people 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 that's the right way to say yes. it you know and so so the things that energizes them and charges them up is the encounters with the customers you know understanding their needs showing them the houses coming to the moment of decision and then of course you go under contract and then there's all this stuff to do and and legal stuff and dates to watch and you know things to order and you know and and so for most agents that's the area that they kind of um, suffer a little bit and get bogged down kind of takes them off course and um <laughs> no, it does. And, it, you know, I'm almost chomping at the bit because without proper direction, the agents don't really know and they become penny wise and dollar foolish mm -hmm. because they're going to attempt to do something that really isn't in their alignment at all. Mm -hmm. And there's usually money, laws, contracts mm -hmm. that are kind of big things that are standing in their way and the fact that, you know, we're going to align with, with that to take that off mm -hmm. an agent's plate successfully and offer world-class service is, is one of my soapboxes that I've mm -hmm. been standing on for quite a while. And sometimes it, it doesn't, you know, resonate with, with agents yet, you know, it, it really is a, the right thing to do for the customer. Mm -hmm. And then it's just a lifesaver for an agent to where Absolutely. they don't even have to be met. Cause you know, we forget about the 90% of subconscious. So even if we think that we have it all together as an, as, as an agent, we're going to then wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go, did I send that <laughs> addenda? Oh, I don't know. We're now, we don't have to, you know, we're able mm -hmm. to provide a service for the agents that, don't have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning going right today. right it's already it's already yeah. done for them yeah well i know I'm, I'm certainly excited to um bring this opportunity to more agents in the tampa area and it's just unusual that you know there are other hundred percent commission choices you know we have a, a range of services but but it's unusual for agents that you know if if they're looking for a company with a little bit higher standards for the marketing that's distributed to the public, maybe um, agents that work with affluent customers more often or not or than not or they aspire to work with more affluent customers and, and elevate their price point over time. Um, it's just unusual to find a hundred percent commission company that presents in a way that it just seems natural and authentic to take million dollar listings and. Um, so, you know, so I think for us to be able to provide that sort of opportunity for agents and then, of course, as we can, um, looking at it through their lens, just offer all the things that they ideally should have to live a very high quality of life, such as, you know, quality transaction and listing management services and things that will actually make their life better and get a really great return on investment. You know, I, I'm just I'm excited to be able to um, uh, bring that idea to them to to as many that that are in alignment <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna let you in on a little secret if i haven't done so already we were in the same circles mm -hmm. and running and understanding what you did and what you've been through and all your successes and all your failures and this great brokerage that you were and then 
opening and expanding. And then to see the compensation models for the agents, my joke to you was obviously you're doing this for charity <laughs> because how can you run a business and offer all of this at high quality? Mm-hmm. And like you said, through the, the lens of an agent, like, okay, so, yeah. I, you know, you said, hey, make a, make a nickel less and, you know, do the right thing, you know, is what is more of your philosophy and hence coming from donating your millions during the bust has gotten <laughs> you to that philosophy. Yet, yeah, there's a, I mean, this is a serious compensation package for what's been, been, you know, offered out to agents not to sit here and go, okay, because we're not mm-hmm. the right fit for everybody. We're not the alignment for everybody, just like every other place, you know, right, isn't right. for. So, yeah. um, but I was surprised. I'm like, there's no way that you could be able to do that. And yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if I fully understand all the financials <laughs> about it yet. I'm right there with you. Yeah, well, it, it definitely works. I can assure you of that. And, um, you know, we have what's great is we have a range of services from, you know, newer agents. I mean, as a fundamental basis uh, to start from, all the agents that are coming on and joining Preferred Shore all expect to make at least $100,000 a year in gross commission income. So we have a little high stand, higher standard in that regard that, you know, we really don't have part-time agents that are aspiring to do anything significantly less than that. And um, but, you know, going going forward, um, you know, aside from the minimum um, standards for their their own income, you know, these are agents that are just a bit more professional. They are wanting to be affiliated with a company that, you know, they're not going to see shameful advertising or, you know, social media posts from peers at the same company and things. And so we're just, you know, trying to keep the standard a bit higher so that it is natural to do more luxury transactions. And, you know, we, for example, had an agent put a $6 million home under contract today. And, um, and that's fantastic, of course. We want to do that as often as we possibly can. But that's not to say there's no shame in selling $200,000 homes all day. It's not that we have anything against that. And some of our agents do, but we just want to keep that standard high so that when our agents have those opportunities, that it just seems like a natural fit for them to take on million-dollar listings. Mm-hmm. It seems like a, like a, a natural progression. So it's, it's exciting to watch, and there's a lot... A lot more, uh, more to come to look forward to, yes. for sure. Yes, there <laughs> is. Watch for, out, Tampa Bay. <laughs> especially for Tampa agents. Yes, That's absolutely. for sure. So, yeah. So, um, is there anything else that comes to mind here as we kind of start to wrap up, other than uh, maybe how people could reach you if they uh, would like to reach out and say hi? and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sure. What would be the best uh, best route for that? Email, Robert? cell phone, anything you care to put into the interwebs. Oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, well, I guess it's all out there anyway. Um, yeah, um, MB for Michael Barbino, MB at uh, preferredshore.com or 813-563-3484. Wonderful. Well, again, I really appreciate you taking time today. My pleasure. We're so delighted to have you on board as our broker liaison for the Tampa market and um, just look forward to having some fun and doing good work. And yes. uh, um, I would expect a lot of uh, prosperous uh, people that, that will you know be bringing along uh with us for the ride here. So I'm excited about the future. I am as well. (laughs) Yeah. Well, have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And uh, again, thank you, Michael. And uh, we'll talk to you all again soon.